0: The Green Bay Packers lost another one to a team that we thought coming in was an inferior opponent. So what happened? And, and where do they go from here? How do they move forward from here on a team that right now just looks broken? You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. To do Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rogers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Touchdown! You are Locked On Packers, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every And I'm Peter Bukowski Can I cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Download the app and get a $100 deposit bonus on that first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. The Packers did it again, and not in a fun Britney Spears kind of way. Again, they come out quickly. They start 14 to 3. And I actually said, this is a Jordan Love game. The Packers looked like on defense, they were taking it to the Washington Commanders. They had a pick six. Russell Douglas had three borderline picks, near picks in the first 20 minutes of the game. They had the actual pick six, and then they had a scoop and score on a play where Eric Stokes gets called for an incredibly soft illegal contact penalty that is six yards down the field rather than five. If you take each of the little things, you go, yeah, just a little thing. That's just a little thing that cost the Packers a touchdown. There's still too many little things. There's still, in fact, way too many little things. It is drops. Packers had another four, five, six drops in this game. It is bad throws. Aaron Rodgers had another four, five, six bad throws holding penalties against the offense when they had maybe something or a drop in a critical situation, a bad throw in a critical situation, a bad play call in a critical situation. You have a four man front on fourth and one and AJ Dillon in the backfield. And, and, and like, why are they in shotgun? Who knows? And you throw a screen, a receiver screen that will work perfectly. If Sammy Watkins blocks anybody, he doesn't. Romeo Dobbs gets hit as he's trying to make a catch. The ball pops out. It doesn't matter if he catches it or not. He's not going to get a first down because he's two yards behind the line of scrimmage. The play calling on these fourth downs have been bad. That's coaching. The little things have been bad. Guys not being able to get lined up. Like You as an NFL player, you do should not need your coaches to tell you where to line up. This is basic stuff. So again, I will say, Devontae Adams is not the difference in scoring 27, 28 points a game and what we saw in this game. When your offense can muster two touchdown drives and your defense has to score for you, your defense almost scored for you twice. Like, I think Matt LaFleur is a good play caller and play designer. He has not been this year. I think Aaron Rodgers is an incredible quarterback. He has not been even close to that this year. I think there's a lot of talent in this receiver room. They have not been good. They were not good in this game. Like if Alan Lazard is dropping passes, Romeo Dobbs can't be. If Aaron Rodgers is being inaccurate, then guys can't drop the ball. If you're moving guys around on the offensive line, then you have to be able to play at least just penalty-free football. They couldn't do that. You barely beat Bailey Zappi. You lose to Daniel Jones in a game where you have the lead. You lose to Zach Wilson in a game that's tied in halftime. You lose to Zach Wilson by three scores. And now you blow a 14 to three lead against a backup quarterback. And I said this again on Twitter. I don't want to hear about the weapons. I don't want to hear about the offensive line. The Packers had more talent starting on their offensive line today than Washington. And Taylor Heineke completed passes with pressure in his grill, with guys draped all over him, bodies all around him, muddy pocket. He is extending and making plays, getting the ball out to his running back. A guy in his face, he gets it out to his outlet. They pick up four, five, six yards. To tight end, backup tight ends down the field. Like, it's not like, yeah, he made some great plays to Terry McLaurin. And Terry McLaurin, You know, Jair Alexander wanted Terry McLaurin and Jair Alexander got Terry McLaurin and it didn't go great. Game on the line. You have him in sticky man coverage. He makes the play that you can't. But Taylor Heineke with pressure in his face here comes Kenny Clark. You have to, game should be one. They're trying to throw the ball with over two minutes left, third and long. They have the audacity to call a drop back pass because guess what? They are not afraid of this team. They were not afraid of this offense. They were not, at that point in the game, not afraid of the defense. Where do they, where do they go from here? Where do you, what do you do? Because that's your best player on your defensive front, Kenny Clark or Rashawn Gary, but it's one of your two best players. It's one of your two really, really, really good players against one of the best corners in the league. One of the three or four best corners in football who you're paying like the, one of the three or four best corners in football to make that play and they can't do it. It's the guys that they're relying on who aren't coming through. And I'm, I'm sort of just done ranting and raving about it. I did my ranting and raving last week. I came in on this show hot. Hot. Because the, the London stuff, you can almost forgive. The Jets game, unforgivable. Washington, unforgivable, but we've already seen it now. This is the identity of this team until further notice. Like, at this point, like, why even bother trading for Kendrick Bourne or Chase Claypool even? Where is this team going? What is this team doing? How can we trust them to get this ship righted? How can we trust them to get back on track? If your best guys are not playing well, if your best coaches are not coaching well, if your best defensive players are not playing well, and, and you know Devondre Campbell looked like an all-pro in this game. Rashawn Gary was unbelievable in this game. Didn't matter. Kenny Clark, disruptive in the middle. Didn't matter. Russell Douglas, everywhere on the field. Didn't matter. Eric Stokes didn't play well. The tackling goes in and out. And then the offense, the offense, you have a coach and a quarterback who want to do different things. And Matt LaFleur is having to do so much acquiescing to his quarterback. No play action. They ran play, ran play action a couple of times on the touchdown drive. Where was it all game? And it worked. Imagine that. It worked. I mean, the the Vikings or the Vikings, well, the Vikings do this too, but the 49ers call a whole offense based on play action. They scheme up everything. Everything is schemed up. They don't make their quarterback or their receivers do much of anything before the ball is in their hands. And then that's when you have Brandon Ayuk, you have Debo Samuel, you have George Kittle, you have your now you have Christian McCaffrey. That's where those guys are really good. Everything else is schemed up. The Packers' offense could look like that. But guess who doesn't want to play that way? Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't want to run post snap RPOs. Doesn't want to run play action. Doesn't want to be under center and drop back. Doesn't want to be under center and run play action. He wants to play his way. Now, you know, people have accused me of being an Aaron Rodgers hater. Fine, whatever. I don't know how you could watch him play today, watch the body language, and just say, no, everything's fine with him. He's good. He's played bad, like he's playing bad. Rushing throws that he doesn't need to rush. Missing guys who are wide open. I mean, the throw to Sammy Watkins, I know Sammy Watkins pulled up a little bit on that throw. He's off by 20 yards, and I knew as soon as he threw it and as soon as Sammy Watkins was in frame, that was going to be nowhere close. Rodgers rolling to his right, had some time to set his feet and make an accurate throw to Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs, again, pulled up a little bit. Misses him by 15, 20 yards. Like, throws that are not even close. Not even in the area. And then, of course, makes the unbelievable throw to Aaron Jones when it's essentially too little, too late at that point. Now, the Packers' defense had a chance to get a stop. They couldn't do it. This game should not have come down to this. It should not have come down to needing to get a fourth-quarter stop to get the ball back for your offense to beat Taylor Heineke and a bad Commander's football team. But... The reality is for the Packers right now, they are a bad football team. They are a bad football team, and they should not be bad. That's the thing. They should not be bad, but they have played bad football for at least half of every game they've been in, with the possible exception of the the Bears game. So congratulations, you didn't play a bad half against the worst team in the league. Congratulations. And the Buccaneers, like, not far behind. The only thing that's saving the Packers right now is the Bucs lost, the Rams are on a bye, and the 49ers have the Chiefs tonight. So the Eagles are good. The Cowboys got everything they wanted from the Lions without Amon Ross St. Brown. So the NFC is still wide open, but this team has to play so, 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 so much better. Now, they can. That's the beauty of it. They can. This team can play so much better. Aaron Rodgers can play so much better. Getting the blocking figured out, I think, makes life so much easier for them in so many ways. I think over the course of time, your, your guys, your receivers, are not going to drop this many passes. I mean, this is just like untenable. Just by luck, you're, it's going to get a little bit better. And the defense... If if the defense would get any help in the second halves of these games from the offense, I, I had I had the 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 stat, I tweeted it out. And if you look at the second halves of these games, the Packers, the last month, what the offense has been able to do, the Packers are down 10-7 to the Patriots at halftime. Now the Packers actually scored in those games. They scored a touchdown and a, and a field goal, but they Give up back-to-back touchdowns. The Packers are leading 20-10 to against the Giants. The Giants in the second half reel off 17 unanswered points. We talked about those those three and outs. Packers offense giving the defense no chance. Packers tied with the Jets. Don't forget, that game was tied at halftime and the Packers played like absolute ass. The Jets come out and score 14 straight in the second half. And the Packers lead the Commanders 14-10 at halftime. They give up an opening drive touchdown. And, And never even fought back and came close. The Packers on three straight drives since their opening offensive touchdown, three plays, four yards, three plays, minus 15 yards, four plays, minus two yards. Aggressively bad defense or offense. Aggressively bad. They're, this is the worst scoring offense for the Packers since 1994. Since Brett Favre was in short pants, basically. Not, not literally. Since, certainly since Aaron Rodgers was in short pants. Like literally. So that is, I, I just refuse to believe that that won't change a little bit at some point. But so many of the little things need to change for this team. It is mostly little things. It's the details. It's the nuance. They're not executing right now. And, and they have a long way to go to get there. I don't talk about the offensive line because some changes were made and it, it kind of worked. We're going to talk about that in a second. But first, let's talk about Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest in professional athletes just like stocks. It's a lower risk alternative to sports betting and athlete prices move based on performance and supply and demand. So, for example, if you invested in Jalen Hurts a year ago, you'd be up 48.2%. Rashad Penny is up 154%. Kyle Pitts down 44%. It's like fantasy football, basically. You predict if you think this player is going to score a bunch because of the production element. It's not all just speculation. It's based on performance. Download Prediction Strike and use the promo code LOCKED for a free share when you sign up and make your first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code LOCKED for a special one-time giveaway. This is a really fun way to put all of your great sports knowledge to use. And you use that promo code LOCKED, you could be a... You could win up to 100 random shares. That could be worth up to $3,000 if you get lucky and get, say, Josh Allen shares. Invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, the sports stock market. And today's episode is brought to you also by our friends at Blue Nile. Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below retailers. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Their easy online tools let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will help get you a handcrafted, one-of-a-kind engagement ring. Shop stress-free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. All Blue Nile orders are insured and shipped for free in a discreet package. They also over- Offer overnight shipping if you're in a rush. Make the moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to bluenile.com and use the code locked on to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. Pretty easy to do with the diamond. That's bluenile.com so that code locked on to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. Okay. The offensive line. The offensive line. Okay. The good news is. The Packers were willing to make massive structural changes to the offensive line. I think that's a good thing. Now, the fact that they needed to make them, not a good thing, but the fact that they were willing to essentially hit this offensive line with a stick of dynamite shows a team willing to take some calculated risks to improve this football team. That's a really, really important thing. We've seen Joe Barry make some adjustments. He sent a lot of blitzes in this game. He played a lot more man coverage in this game. This was not some passive two-shell defense. They just got blown up in the second half up front, gave up some big runs in the first half, and then played bad situational football. They also had some short fields because the Packers' offense could not pick them up. The Packers' best run defense over the last few years has consistently been the passing offense for the Packers, and that is not working this year. So they make this big change all week. It's going to be Bakhtiari, it's going to be Ellen Jenkins, Josh Myers, JRJ, and then Yash Naiman on the right side. In the, in the first half of this game, you get the you get the offensive linemen out on the move. They're making plays, these pin-pull actions, and it's so fun. And then they stop. And it happens in the second half. And I love Daryl Johnson calling this out. Daryl Johnson was like keep calling that play until Washington proves they can stop it. Keep calling it. And they, they didn't. And that's a Matt LaFleur problem. And I, I, I'm, I'm just sort of a little confused as to what's going on with the play calling. Uh, th- that's a, a, a question, I think, for another day. But this was a game, this offensive line... Allowed one QB hit, one, and I think it was late. Deron Payne got a hit late, and it might have been. I don't. I don't know if they count a, an illegal hit as a QB hit. Probably not, but it really was just that one. No sacks. And so, if you're the Packers' offensive line, you did a really good job in pass protection. Now, to holding penalties on Yash Naiman. is part of. You know, part of the problem. This, this team was behind the six all day. I charted third downs. Okay, the Packers only able to get third downs by penalty in this game. First third down of the game, third and four drop. Second third down of the game, third and 13 swing pass. Bad throw to Aaron Jones if it's a good throw. They actually have it set up and blocked really well. They, they might have been able to get something there. Third and 25. Jesus. Drop Aaron Jones, drop. 3rd and 11, PBU, Romeo Dobbs. All right, he not open. Adversity play. DB makes a good play. That's going to happen. 3rd and 2, bad throw. He threw it at Romeo Dobbs' shoes. Romeo Dobbs could have made that play, but he's right there. He's wide open. Throw it to his numbers. And he had a clean pocket. Make a throw. 3rd and 10, they get a completion to My Rogers, and then the failed fourth down and then it's third and three, third and six. Those are converted by penalty. They stayed behind the sticks because of penalties. No false starts, but holding, illegal formation, just like stupid plays. But I thought by and large, the offensive changes on the offensive line held up and Zach Tom, like, we're gonna have to, I'm gonna, I, I, I hate doing a uh, Matt LaFleur here, we're going to have to watch the tape. But I thought Zach Tom played extremely well. You did not hear Montez Sweat. His name called around Aaron Rodgers all game. Rodgers, when he wanted to throw, they had time. And I thought Rodgers played jumpy. He played antsy. He played like a guy who felt like he had to run for his life for the first six weeks of the season. And so you hope in the coming days, he'll settle down a little bit. Every, everyone will get on the same page. And he will feel more comfortable getting back there. The bad part of this is David Bakhtiari didn't play. Now, the Packers said a couple weeks ago that he would not practice three days in a row, even when he's full go. Then he practiced three days in a row and is out. And he said, look, it's day-to-day, the swelling, you know, you you never really know how it's going to react. And this has been an issue. You go back to what he said in the spring, this is an issue of swelling and fluid. Well, the only way the, the swelling is going to go down is if you rest it. So why did he go through three days in a row? What is that about? And so, I, you know... I, is this on the Packers? Is this on David Bakhtiari? I don't, like, I don't think we need to always look to place blame on someone for everything. But these questions need to be asked. Why did he practice three days in a row? And then moving forward, not, not from a blame standpoint, but you have to ask the question, how much can you really rely on David Bakhtiari? And so this is why. <laughs> this is why the conversation in, in the week was from Adam Stenovich, We want to be able to make a change And stick with it. And so I think they did the smart thing and said, okay, David Bakhtiari can't go rather than not make any changes and just sort of status quo it and throw Nyman in there. They did what I wanted them to do and uh, keep everyone that practiced at their spots through the course of the week and then throw Zach Tom at left tackle. And if Zach Tom can be a left tackle, then that's great. That's great. Because I don't know, I don't know if we can safely say David Bakhtiari is on this team next year. I don't know that it's better than 50-50 that he's on the team next year, given all of these questions. So if Zach Tom can look like a a capable left tackle, that's great. I was joking with America's guests and our pal Jason Hershorn that. This is shaping up to be a classic Ted Thompson draft where the, the premium picks were awful, but the, the day three just crushed it. Romeo Dobbs, Zach Tom, turned out to be like high level starters for you. Now, Romeo Dobbs did not have his best game. pair of drops, the near drop, just like didn't look into it, didn't look, didn't look right. You're going to get that from a rookie. Inconsistent. I, if, if it's me, I'm still trying to find ways to get him the ball. I'm still trying to feed him. And they have to they have to figure that part of this out. Sammy Watkins, not back to 100%. They're having to fit all this stuff in on the fly, make changes. Oh, in Al Lazard in and out of the lineup. Christian Watson in and out of the lineup. Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb. Like They're having to deal with a lot. But every team is having to deal with a lot. So this is the one time where I think... They made the right choice with the offensive line. We've been I have been critical of Adam Stenovich and Matt LaFleur and last year Nathaniel Hackett when I thought they made a poor decision in the playoff game to not play Josh Nyman. And I thought two years ago, they made the wrong call in the NFC Championship game to move Billy Turner and play Rick Wagner rather than playing Elton Jenkins at tackle and keeping Billy Turner on the right side. I thought that was a big mistake. I think this is the right way to do it. Now, do the Packers deserve blame for letting David Bakhtiari practice three days in a row? Like, if he said, I'm I'm good to go, let me practice, then I have a hard time faulting them. If it turns out they were like, we'd really like you to practice three days in a row, even though they said he wouldn't, then you're starting to look at trainers and coaching staffs and all of that and just say, that's a mistake. Why did you do that? Now, unless and until we have that information, we can't say that. Right now, it's just an unfortunate thing. But the fact that this offensive line against this front, against Montez Sweat and Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, like, did you... Outside of the roughing the passer call, you didn't hear the defensive lineman's name called once. And that is after a week where they could not block Quinn and Williams and, and that any interior defensive lineman for the Jets. And they're going to need that next week. You got Von Miller. You got Ed Oliver. You got Greg Rousseau. It's a really good Buffalo Bills team that is probably going to beat this Packers team by 20. But just because things are weird, like... Maybe, maybe the Packers win. Maybe that's just the kind of season that this is. Let's let's finish up with some, with some reasons to be optimistic about this team. Before we do that, let's talk about prize picks. Prize picks is such a fun thing. Prize picks is, again, a great way for you to use your football knowledge and put it to good use. And you don't have to play against sharks. You don't have to play against the guys with algorithms and a team of people running the numbers and all that stuff. One number, the prize picks number. And it is, let's say, yards, passing yards, Patrick Mahomes passing yards. You decide if he's going to have more or less passing yards. That's it. Put a couple of those together, and now you've got odds. And you can win up to 10 times your money. Again, it's just you and the number. They pick a number. You decide if the player is going to produce more or less than that. It's, It's so easy. And they do it for more than just football. Every sport imaginable, including disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, come on now. I know we have listeners all over the country. I, get, I, get me- I got a message during the game, holding it down from the Dominican Republic. I have messages, Packer fans, huge in Brazil. We have a big following in the UK and all over Europe. We're a big show in Serbia, not a joke. I look at the numbers. <laughs> we have a nice audience in Serbia. Shout out to my Serbian Packer fans. So there's a lot of sports that you can bet on. Euro basketball is on there. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can get 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKED ON. You put in $100, bucks. they will give you 100 bucks. You put in $50, they will give you $50. do not forget to enter promo code LOCKED ON at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. For the next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast hosted by this guy. You don't want to talk about the Packers? You don't want to listen to the Packers podcast? I get it. How about the other big stories in sports? How about playoff baseball? How about the start of the NBA season? The biggest stories in sports plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right. A couple of really good things that I want to pull out of this. This Packers defensive front, when it comes to rushing the passer, really good. Really, really good. Rashawn Gary, again, unblockable. He had a huge impact play negated by a a crazy soft penalty. And Kenny Clark is still wrecking people inside Devontae. Wyatt got some meaningful snaps in this game and actually looked like he had a little bit of juice. Preston Smith played really well. Devondre Campbell had his best game of the season. That's two games in the last three or four for Devondre. He seems to be trending in the right direction. Quay Walker, look, still cannot fit the run at all, but they're using him as a blitzer and he is heating up quarterbacks. I like that. He made a great play in coverage. Man in his area gets the ball. He plays it through the catch point, gets a PBU. Helps set up a field goal. Those are important plays. And then you have a Joe Barry defense that is playing more aggressively on the outside. They're playing more man coverage. They're playing more press man coverage. The touchdown was on a little scissor concept. Uh, they, They are doing better defending crossing routes, but still some of these switch releases, still some of the communication is not there. Hopefully it can get there over the course of the season. Again, if they're changing the way that they play on the fly, some of those mistakes are going to happen. Offensively, Aaron Jones is unbelievable. Get him the ball. Get him the ball. Get him the ball. In the passing game, in the running game, I just... I don't know how you watch Aaron Jones play and think you know who we should give carries to AJ Dillon. And that's not a shot at AJ Dill- Dillon, it's just that Aaron Jones has been that good this season. He's been unbelievable. He 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 needs to get the ball more. Even if it's not just traditional runs, he needs to get the ball more. Eight carries. Eight carries. No, I know he only had 23 yards. But he had a couple big runs. And yeah, he had a couple negative runs. He had nine catches. So we're talking about 17 touches. And two touchdowns. Big in the passing game. 10 targets in the passing game. Led the team in targets. I like that. I like that. And notice what what a weapon he is in the red zone. He can be a great, great player for this offense. And then... I just, I think it's, it's still important to know this idea about flexibility. The Packers made the big changes on offense with the offensive line, personnel-wise. They made some serious changes on this defense from a, a, an approach standpoint. Now the guys just have to play better. Now the guys just have to play better. I think Matt LaFleur can coach better. Aaron Rodgers can definitely, can absolutely, definitely play better. The receivers can play better. And the defensive players can play better. I mean, Jair Alexander wanted the assignment of Terry McLaurin, and he lost the battle. He he played uh, an explosive game, flying around, yeah, but gave up some big completions. The touchdown and then the huge third down. You, in a way, you live and die with that because it's Jair Alexander and he's one of the best players on your whole team, one of the best players in the whole league. You don't want to put him in that position, but you also want him You want him in a position to make those plays. Over the course of the season, that stuff evens out. When your best guys are that good, that stuff evens out. But offensively, man, they, they've got to get more from Romeo Dobbs. They've got to get more from Aaron Rodgers. They've got to get more from Matt LaFleur and you got to cut down the penalties. It's simple stuff. And in a way, that's a positive. Just like get lined up right. Just execute the play. Not a difficult play. Just execute it. And I think the Packers, the Packers can be much better than they are. Now, until further notice, are they a playoff team? Absolutely not. They're just not. They haven't looked like a playoff team all season. Through seven weeks, you are what you are. And right now, the Packers are not a playoff team. They can get there. Long season. Ten games left. More than half the season left, but they've got a lot of work to do and a long way to go. And it's everyone. It's everyone. And I I said this, this is not a positive, but I said this before the game. People got mad. I said this during the game and people got mad. I don't want to hear from Aaron Rodgers about anyone but Aaron Rodgers at this point. Yes, drops. That's the thing. Guys got to catch the ball. They got to make the plays. Yes, some of the play calls have been garbage. Not great, but you're in those meetings. You have a huge say in this offense. Penalties got you behind the sticks. That's a huge thing. You're making $50 million. You're a four-time MVP. You're supposed to be the leader of this team. Take responsibility. Matt LaFleur, every time something goes wrong, he says, it's on me. I have to coach better. And then he says all these other things that need to happen. It starts with me. I want Aaron Rodgers to just say, Answer no questions other than his own play. One time. One time, have the accountability to just say, this is all on me. Even though it's not. I know it's not. I just want him to say it. Because that's what leaders do. I want to hear him do that. I want to say, look, this all starts with me. And I know I have to be better. I have to be better for Romeo Dobbs. I have to be better for Alan Lazard. I have to be better for Aaron Jones. I have to be better for my rookie left tackle. I have to be better for Elton Jenkins who's switching positions. I have to be better for everyone else. I have to be better for Matt LaFleur. No, he can't catch the ball for his receivers. He can't block for his, um, his, his offensive linemen. And he kind of can call plays because he can change whatever he wants in the line of scrimmage. But I just I want him to take responsibility because someone needs to. Someone needs to be an adult, light a fire under this team. And I think Aaron Rodgers, who is the best player on the team, everyone is looking at him. Alan Lazard and Romeo Dobbs don't need Aaron Rodgers to say, well, we got to make catches. They know. They're looking at you going, man, I'm so sorry. You're the GOAT. They feel bad. They don't need you to say, yeah, they need to to step their game up. They know. I want to know that you know. And they want to know that you know that you have to play better. That's what they want from Aaron Rodgers. So let's see it. Let's see it. I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath, but let's see it. Let's see him do it. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, Expert Tuesday. Uh, for those of you listening to the podcast on Monday, for those of you on the stream, sup, thank you for being here. I'm, I'm Look, not enjoying these last couple of weeks in the postgame. It's not fun for me either. But we're all here together, understanding that this is this is what we have to do. You follow this team. This is what <laughs> this is the deal. So uh, back tomorrow, as we are always Packers Bills. Hey, and we have to wait all day for Sunday night. I'd rather just just be a noon game, get it over with, get take the ass whooping, and go move on. But that's not what's going to happen. So. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hang out with us on a live stream, Fridays, Sundays, let's do it. Come follow us on our YouTube page, subscribe on YouTube, and go check out Locked on Sports today. Maybe this is not the Packers week for you. Locked on Sports today is a really fun show. Our network is awesome. And we have so many great hosts on and go check out the work that they're doing with me on our show to stay locked up Packers.